Charlie, and welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzah cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic and Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is full of antics. I get to have the privilege today of uh, sharing this time with one of my friends. And I there's so much to tell you about her, but I'm going to try to squeeze it all into this. So here we go. Have Here we go. I'm going to give you her bio, but I'm going to give you some insights because I just love this so much. So having witnessed her five children act, achieve remarkable milestones, including three college graduations before high school completion. She's gained invaluable insights from navigating challenges that have shaped her unique strategies. And today she is passionately sharing these insights with you, sparing you the pitfalls of the trials and the errors. She is a seasoned homeschool mom, boots on the ground mom, doing doing it, veteran military resiliency trainer, Maxwell certified coach, speaker, masterclass trainer, power disc consultant, and behavior analyst. See, I told you she's amazing. With a degree in human resource management, she is currently working on her neuro-linguistic programming practitioner certification. And the core of her coaching philosophy is the belief that we all are leaders. I love that. And that successes rise and fall on leadership preach. She partners with you to discover innovative ways to overcome the challenges that you face in navigating the high school years, ensuring that you survive and thrive through the educational transitions. Her mission is to raise up a generation of leaders capable of sharing biblical values in everything they do and what they say and what they write with a growth mindset and a relational influence. Thank you. That was... It was really long, but thank you. <laughs> it's really long. Isn't it funny? You hear people talking about, you're like, who are they talking about? Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's me. right. That's right. Yeah, but you did hard work. So you get to say those things. You're teaching families how to how to thrive in homeschooling because it can be challenging. And especially when you mm-hmm. get to high school, right? Especially, Absolutely. I think a lot of times parents are thinking, I can't teach high school. I don't know how to do that math. Um, I'm just going to let you speak before we get into the, nuts and bolts of this podcast. Can you speak to that parent that's jumping into high school homeschooling? Wow, you've got to you've got to navigate a a great journey forest in front of you. And and what I like to do is I like to educate parents on how to navigate those challenges. And I like to do it through communication and awareness because we don't know what we don't know until we know what we don't know. And then once we know it, we need to know how to navigate it. And even great navigators used to have like a map in front of them to tell them how to get from one place to another. And 
I've learned through my experiences, especially, you know, in my messianic journey, that the lack of communication and lack of understanding and lack of awareness is going to be powerfully destructive in a home environment if we don't, if we don't put it in place, right? If we don't discover what it is we need to navigate right from the get-go. And we have to do that by educating ourselves in, in, in homeschooling and in our journey and how to do that. So it's, that's what I like to do. I like to, to come alongside these parents and help them do that. I love what you do. And I love that. I, I know that with your own kids, you have such an, uh, a gift for having them use resources that are already available to them, like the junior college or something that the kids mm-hmm. can go in. They can actually be going to college. Let them teach the hard stuff. And while they're like your children, they, they don't even, they graduate high school and they already have an associate's degree. Yeah. So we don't need to let the system work us. We need to work the system. And a lot of people call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there that really we, if we just knew the truth about, we could save ourselves from having that particular pitfall in front of us. So we just need to learn how to work the system and not let the system work us. That's so good. So tell me in this journey, can you give us, tell us all how your journey started, this messianic journey? How did you find Yeshua in Torah? So I was asked a question and this is, this is what I learned back a long time ago. It was back in 2007. Good leaders ask great questions. And I actually teach a course on that now about how you have to ask the right questions. And so my journey began when a good leader came along and just asked me a question. They weren't trying to throw anything, any theology at me or any cram their, their understanding down my throat. They just ask a question and it made me take pause and go, wait a minute, what? Huh? And, and it was through that question that the Holy Spirit was able to come inside and help me process it. And lots of times what we do is we get into this journey and we are enlightened in this journey and we just want to scream at everybody like a blowtorch and destroy everything in our pathway because we are so on fire for this this love that we have for this newfound understanding of the Messiah and everything that he's done. And we can't do that. We have to just ask questions and let it, let it sit there so that the Holy Spirit can, can do his work. And so I came into this understanding when I was asked a question and I, I went back and I started processing it. And that's, and that was back in 2007 at that time. Interestingly enough, my husband wasn't at home when I was asked that question, and I began to discover things when he wasn't there. And I was just like, hey, woo, you, he's going to love me even more, you know? <laughs> who, wants, who, who would not want a wife that loves Yeshua any less than what, you know, I love Yeshua more now than before he left, and now he's going to love me more because of that. Well, yeah, it doesn't quite work like that, does it? <laughs> It, it was a little challenging. I know you have some, some kind of a special insight on that. And I am really, really loving the comment that you made about this really in the last six months, I'll say for even myself, learning that, you know, a great leader doesn't have the answers. They just ask a lot of questions and, oh, wait, there's someone that showed us how to do that. Oh, wait, it was Yeshua. That's right. Because remember, right. a great rabbi just asked questions when they That's said right. who... Well, who who are you? And he's like, Well, who do you say I am? 
<laughs> yeah. And you know, what's interesting is if when we're doing a course or whenever we're teaching a class, especially over in my leadership parenting platform, is if we're doing one of our master classes, if we don't leave that class with more questions than we do answers, then we've not done our job right. Because yeah, yeah. we don't, we don't come in here and especially in our master classes with our students, I really want them to learn how to cognitively think and process for themselves and not be indoctrinated. And so in order to do that, they have to learn to think for themselves. And so they're not going to be given a lot of answers. They're going to be given a lot of questions that should lead them to even more questions. Mm, that's and that's, so good. and that is what our Yeshua did. He he came along and he was the perfect example of of how to lead from a place of influence and how to be that leader in the home and be that leader in your family and be that leader to your children so that we can get to know him through through relationship and not necessarily just through through a bunch of you know dictation Right. I know that they know their apologetics and they know why they know their why. You know, why is it that I believe this not just because someone told me? Um, and I love that you're teaching, you're teaching young, young adults, we'll call them, even young kids, mm-hmm. teaching them how to think for themselves and, and critically think and understand their apologetics because I'm most of the adults that we all know, it's, that's a struggle. You know, they just know something yeah. because they've heard someone teach them how to, that's the truth. So they, and the other thing I heard you say was that you, you ask the questions and then you allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. And mm. isn't that the truth? The Holy Spirit will lead you in all truth. He, he will. Period. He Period. absolutely will. If, if, especially if a person has been trained and tuned in on the ability to think and reason for themselves, you know, if the, if they're, if they're taught it through, through the, method of indoctrination, they won't be able to do that. It's, it's a skill set that you have to learn to be able to sit and listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And I'm going to tell you through experience, it does no good for us to play Holy Spirit in our family's lives. None good, no good whatsoever. Doesn't work to play Holy Ghost Jr. Nope. It does not. It does not. I mean, we can, we can be passionate about whatever we want to be passionate about, but we are not going to cram the Holy Spirit into anybody's heart. It just doesn't work like that. We, sure doesn't. I mean, I, there's a lot of people listening who have family members, which going into this is, is you have a spouse. If you have a spouse who isn't walking this, the same road as you, um, that can be a little bit challenging letting the Holy Spirit be the one that does it. And, and even mm-hmm. though we understand we're supposed to our spouses won over bar meek and quiet ways, meaning we're not hammering, you know, Torah terrorism all over them. You have this specifically as an I experience do. and such a great testimony that still to this, to, you know, every time I hear it, it excites me and it inspires me, mm-hmm. especially when I see things like your husband dancing at, at events. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, I can't get the smile off my face yeah. when I see the two of you dancing. If don't someone doesn't know this story, <laughs> I mean, but if they don't know that story, Gosh. it's like, look what the Lord has done. They don't know how far this is. So can you share this with us? Because I, I think women and men who need to be inspired by that. I can. And I can also tell you what I learned through this story, especially this last year. But what happened was is that I came into this walk back in 2007 and we're a military family. So my husband was downrange at the time. And what that means is he was serving in, I don't know if it was Afghanistan or Iraq. I don't keep up with where he 
goes. But he was gone. And at that time, deployments or times away were were not nine months. And in in this case, it was a 15-month deployment. So he was, a lot can change in a year and a half. Um, A lot can change. And I changed a lot. So soon after he left, I came into the understanding of the Torah and the revelation of it. And I began to grow and dig and teach my children about Shabbat. And, and I thought that I was just falling in love with Messiah more and more, and that my husband was going to just love me more and more for it. But what was happening was that there was a breakdown in communication. And this is part of the reason why I teach communication now is because here I thought I was communicating to my husband all this newfound revelation about Yeshua, but he wasn't hearing it. And instead, he was told by a particular chaplain that was downrange that I had allowed another spiritual leader into my home, and I had basically committed spiritual adultery Hmm. because I wasn't following my husband. And we weren't walking in unity at the time. And this is why it's really important, you know, that we really communicate so that we take this journey together. But again, he was gone and I was just moving forward with this love that I knew. But when he came home, he didn't want to have anything to do with me. And he didn't want to have anything to do with the Messianic movement. And his foundation had been shaken and his stability had been shaken. And he just checked out. To the point that we nearly got a divorce. Um, I had to make a choice at that time. I had to choose. Don't make me cry. I had to choose between, you know, this newfound revelation in the Torah and my marriage. And I had to take it before the Lord. And I had to say, God, which... This is not a choice. This is not a fair choice. And he took me to a verse in um, Numbers, and it was the trial of the bitter water by the woman who was accused of adultery. Ironically, my husband said that I had committed adultery by following following a different spiritual leader. So the, the parallel was present in my story. And so... At the trial of bitter water, she has to go before the Nicanor gate or before the gate of the temple, and she has to stand alone, accused of, of, in judgment of her accusations. And so I went there in my mind and in my spirit, I went there and the Holy Spirit or father just had this little conversation with me, right? Because I just love the way that he can just talk to me and please don't think I'm weird, but that's, you know, we just, we talk, right? And he was like, you know, when you come before the gate and you have to drink the bitter water, if you're innocent, you'll be blessed. And if you're guilty, you'll be cursed. And I, as Yeshua, have stood between you and that door to take your curses. But in this particular situation, because I was innocent, he asked me to drink the bitter cup because he wanted me to be blessed. And what he meant by that was, He wanted me to walk through this bitter time with my husband for the purpose of finding the blessing on the other end. For seven years, my husband and I were not allowed, um, by whatever means, to have a conversation about the Word of God. And at the end of seven years, I said, I can't do this anymore. We either need to have a conversation about the Word 
or we need to get a divorce. And he said, fine, we will, we'll just have a conversation. And, and he allowed me at that time to start practicing openly my, my Passover and, and everything else. Even though before that I was keeping Shabbat, but I was lighting candles in my closet and I was, and I was doing things in secret and I was treasuring those things in my heart, much like, um, the father of Yeshua, the mother of Yeshua did. She treasured all that she knew in her heart. She didn't go out and advertise it. And so after seven years, my husband started, you know, allowing these, this messianic understanding into our home. And we started going back to a Christian church and which was actually quite challenging for me, to be honest, because Shabbat was on Saturday, not Sunday, right? It was the seventh day, not the first. We're not going to talk about all that. But 14 years later, which was back in 21 of this year, which was 14 years from the time I started, my husband actually fully embraced the Torah. And I am absolutely amazed at what took place because in the process, God took him out of our home for two years. He had, he had to leave where he was working and go be a trucker. And he was home one day a week, one day a week. And I'm like, I thought this was over. I thought we had embraced this and it was over. But the process of him leaving the house and going and being a trucker was him being separated unto the Lord. And I think mm-hmm. Halissa Alwine talks about how we have to be separated and then we have to be drawn to him, Right. So this two-year process, when he finally decided to embrace the Torah, meant that he was going to be pulled away from the home again, which allowed very in-depth studies for him. And now, like just this morning, we got up, and every morning we sit down and we study the Word together for an hour before we even go into our days. And it is powerful what I see coming out of this. But in the process of walking through these 14 years of waiting for him to waiting on him and drinking that bitter cup that the father asked us to me to drink, I learned, I learned about communication. Mm-hmm. I learned about leadership. I learned about influence. I learned how not to criticize. I learned how to hold my ground without compromise while influencing and making some the members of my family jealous for the love that I had. I didn't cram it down their throat with this is how it is, this is what it says. It was through it was through the gentle actions. It was through it was through the influence that we set, through the example that we set that made them want what we have. And how, it's a tight rope to walk at times. It's a tightrope to walk when we have family that really wants us to embrace particular holidays or traditions that don't line up with our beliefs. And we have to be strategic in how we communicate and how we separate. Because we can't do it with, with malice. We can't do it with, with, with hatred or, or with, we can't swat a fly with a hammer. You know, I don't know how else to put it in, in so Hebrews, beautiful. 
In Hebrews ahead, chapter sorry. 12, verse 14, it talks about us living it with, living at peace with people, that we live in, we live in shalom. And how do we live in shalom when there's not unity in our home? We do it with influence and not words. How do we live in shalom when there's not unity in our home? We do it with, with grace. We do it with strategy. We do it with silence. Because I can I just say that I have learned that my silence says more than my words can communicate. That's huge. You know, just oh, to thanks. understand that all we have to do is sit quietly with the Lord and let him do the rest. Just let him do it. Crystal, I heard you when you were talking about this. I heard something and I saw I saw a flash in front of me of this picture of you said there's this, you know, you was seven years that you spent and then you had seven more years. It took 14 years. Instantly, I'm thinking of Rachel and I'm thinking of yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Jacob having to work seven years and then getting Leah. And like, that's not what he wanted, but he had to, he did. And he's like, okay. And then he finally gets, mm-hmm. the, he finally gets the woman he loves, but I have to work seven more years for that. So it took 14 years for that, for that ultimate love to come into completion. And I was just, that's what I saw when I was seeing this happening for you. And I mean, now again, to watch your husband working in a, in a messianic congregation and seeing just the joy on his face and again watching him dance it's just like wow this yeah look what the lord has done it you is know? amazing i'm just gonna tell you that that sitting here god answers prayers I, I am proof that he answers prayers i am proof that he is a faithful god because i am i am the proof that god exists in every aspect of my life, but specifically in my marriage and in the ability to, to learn how to communicate and to learn how to navigate these, these, these trying waters that we went through for 14 years. It was so worth it for me and what I walked away from, but to sit down with my husband and we, we went to a congregation here just this last Shabbat and we listened to a teaching and to see my husband go, wait a minute, I need to do some research on that. I don't think I'm just going to follow that blindly. And for him to come home and dig and dig and dig and watch him dig. And what's interesting is I already know the answers, right? But I'm watching him dig in places that I've dug before. And it's so exciting to sit back and watch. And it's such an answer to prayer. And tears just flow at times when I when I step back and I just look at, oh my gosh, you are faithful, Father. You promised mm-hmm. and you fulfilled it. And I drank the bitter cup and I am being blessed for it. I didn't just walk oh, away. How many how many times do we run across women out there who are like, nope? I'm unequally yoked now. I need to leave. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Just because you're growing in a different direction doesn't mean that the original covenant doesn't stand. You don't, you don't just throw out the first covenant because something new has come along. You want him to renew it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Your brain he, will. To renew it. he will, he will renew it. He will. I mean, you're proof of that. And any, I love that you brought that up because there's a lot who will, I've seen people get divorced in this situation because they'll think, well, we're not, not, and not for the reasons are only, now we're not talking about anyone who's being abused. We're not talking about anyone with different kinds of grounds for divorce. We're just talking about specifically leaving because they feel that now they're, they're walking in this new understanding of the of Torah that now they are they're leaving their spouse I just want to encourage you to hear Crystal's heart rewind play this again let the Holy Spirit guide him in all truth or her in all truth and just sit back and watch and wake up every morning saying is today the day is today the day be expected he told me in my journey he said don't use my covenant to destroy yours because I'm a covenant keeping God Hmm. Say that again. Don't, don't use my use, covenant. Don't you? It, the Lord told me in my journey. He's when I was like, "That's it." After seven years, I'm done. I got the wrong. I got Leah. I didn't get Rachel. For lack of better words, yeah. he says, "You know, no, you don't use my name and my covenant to destroy yours because I am a covenant keeping God is who I am." And. When I learned that we can't use his covenant to destroy ours, then that meant I needed to rethink some things. I needed to rethink, number one, how am I communicating to my husband in such a way that he would want what we have? Ooh. Am I being an influence or am I being a, am I being the, 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 um, the destroyer? Mm. Because it says in Proverbs, you know, that a wise woman builds her house, but she tears it down with her own hands. With her own hands, she can tear down her house. I love Deborah Flanagan will say, like, is your hands like this or like this? Like, are you tearing down or is it like this? You know, how are we using our hands? And so be encouraged, all of you. What a, what a, what, I'm going to jump in. I want everyone to get to know you a little bit in a fun way. And then I want you to let everyone know all the places they can find you because I really am asking all of you, just go stock Crystal. Find all the (laughs) things when we, we will list them in, in the show notes that you can Go find out the things that she has, use her resources, and then let her speak into your life and your children's lives. And I just want to encourage you in that. Um, I'm going to say five because it depends on the adventure. Yeah. Okay. I won't jump out of an airplane. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just silly. (laughs) Why? It's what's why? Don't we don't talk about our husbands, but yeah, (laughs) we jump out of perfectly good aircraft. Yeah. Do you follow directions or do you find yourself improvising more? Improvise all the time. Yeah, I improvise and then it's wrong. You're like, oh, I better look at the directions. Um, and, 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 in the process, and in the process of improvising, I learn how to fail forward, which is one of the classes that I teach. <laughs> nice. That's good. M&Ms, do you eat them by the handful or one at a time? One at a time, organized by color. Oh gosh, I'm learning the most about so many people. So let me ask you, is there an order of color then or like an order? Once you divide them into colors, do you have a process then? Yeah, the lighter to the darker. Okay. And then do you have like, if there's one that only has one and one has like five, do you go like, do you have to eat the less first or the most first? Absolutely. The less first. Yeah. yeah. I love this. I'm learning so much. And sometimes if it's, if it's like, like there's only one and it's a dark color, then I will have to like go to a bigger bag of M&Ms and get some more of the dark color. <laughs> you feel sorry for it. Yes. Cause I feel sorry for it. Yeah. Which oh is really God. funny because you know, in, 
in my disk assessment that I do, there you can actually learn about personality types and how they communicate based on how they use their M- M&Ms. Oh, that's really interesting. That's funny because we've got into this conversation. People are talking, we talk about how we even eat the MMs. Do you like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Anyway, so, so what is something that you really, really, really want to like it, but you just don't like it? Running. I really would love to be a runner, but I really don't like it. I can't get past the weather. I can't get past the weather. I I used to run. I used to run when I was in the military. Um, I used to run my troops all the time. I loved it. And there is a runner's high. But then I got out of shape and I'm trying to get back into shape and I'm feeling I'm feeling my age and my bones are not there. So I would really love to be able to want to run again, but I just can't. Running. So running. Oh yeah, many of you don't know that. Yeah, she was a drill. She was a drill sergeant. So yeah, Crystal. Crystal I've been can saved make it since then. Just so you know, just been saved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me let me ask you this: What is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, um, I would really love to go to Israel, but if I was to choose a vacation spot outside of Israel, because everybody chooses Israel, right? It would be Destin, Be the Destin Beach in Florida. Like Destin Beach in Florida. Why? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The mm. beach is beautiful. The water is beautiful. The sand is beautiful. But you have to go when when it's not spring break and when everybody else is like cramming for finals so that you can get away from all of the college kids that go there. What is? Oh, that's nice. Okay, so who are some of your favorite teachers you're learning from now? Um, some of my favorite teachers is, I forget his name is, um, he's a rabbi that, uh, Avian, I can't say their names, Rabbi Avian, um, anyway, he's one of them. I'll have to think about that. But the ones that I know as I do, I love to listen to Rico Cortez. He's my He's my go-to favorite too. I really like Rico Cortez. I am doing Halisa Alwines, of course. Creation Gospel. She's a good one. Um, if you're talking about from a rabbinical perspective, those are those are the ones that I'm listening to at this moment. Nice. But I also look at some Kabbalistic. Can I say that word? Yeah. I, I also word. I also listen to some very Kabbalistic. Avi Ben Mordecai um, is one of mine too. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that it's really important. I, I think it's important to to listen to things that you don't agree with so that mm-hmm. you know why you know what you know and you know what bones to spit out. So yeah. I love that when you said your husband was like, wait a minute, this was, yeah. And you start digging. So, okay, last question. What have you changed your mind about this year? What have I changed my mind about this year? Um, I have changed my mind about... Um, what I'm capable of. Mm. I have changed my mind about what I'm capable of. And I can see um, how when I just sit back and allow the Lord to do the hard things in me that he needs to do, that he can do greater things than I, than I ever imagined. That's beautiful. Tell us where all the places where everyone can find you. So I don't have a lot of different places. Uh, so, but you can find me on coachcrystal.com. That is my website. I have a book me page, bookme.name forward slash crystal welch, where you can schedule some time with me if you would like. Just give me a call. Uh, most of my platforms say that I reach out to the youth and the educators, but I do all ages. 
at all times because we all have a need for a coach, a life coach, and for um, especially one that's messianic and faith-based. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Leadership Parenting HS4L. And uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. I think you can find me on Twitter. Actually, I haven't gone on there in a while. Oh, so. <laughs> I will be. And then we will be sure we're going to have all those links so that you can, like I said, I want you to go stop, Crystal. Thank you so much. Would you close us out in prayer? Yes, I would be happy to. Father God, I just come before you right now. And I thank you for this opportunity that we have had to sit and to conversate. Lord, that we've been able to share that your covenant is a covenant keeping. Um, it is that you are a covenant keeping God, Lord. And for all the women out there, especially, or all the marriages that are not in unity right now, I just ask that you, you cover them, you shelter them and you protect them and you restore them right now. Lord, you're, you are coming quickly and we don't have time to play around with this. So father, I just pray that each and every person would learn how to, to, to walk in the, in a strong silence with great mm. amount of influence and a power, Father, of the Holy Spirit to let you work in the lives of the other people. I just bless your name, Father. I bless you for our opportunities here, and I thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Crystal. And we're going to do this again by next time, this time next year, so that before then, so that we hear all that God's doing. We'll hear about some, uh, let's do some testimonies on some of the families that you're working with. So be blessed. Everyone go stalk Crystal. And remember, sometimes in this journey, it gets a little bit messy. And that's a wrap on another Messy Antics adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers, from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps, we've truly experienced the full spectrum of messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guests who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.